Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Some of you are like, man, why am I coming to church today? We get some bad advice. So, man, I want to say welcome to Blue Sunday. Come on now, somebody. Hot dogs. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that, folks. Yeah, some of you guys are wearing some uh, other team's jerseys out there. So we're just going to dedicate this message to you guys today and uh, pray for your souls. And you're going to leave here wearing a royal shirt. That's what we're, gonna pro- that's what we're praying for today. So... Anyway, uh, man, I'm excited you guys are here. We still love you. If you don't root for the Royals, it's all good. Um, you just got to have a short memory when you, when you root for the Royals sometimes, you know. It's kind of less down a little bit. But, hey, you know what? I'm hoping my boy can see the Royals win a series someday in the future. Uh, but, anyway, man, if you're new with us, thanks for being here. Uh, man, we're glad you're in the house. Man, you're an honored guest. I know uh, it's, it's weird coming to church for the first time. You have been in a long time. You're like, man, what's going on? And bad advice is going to fit right in this morning. So, man, I'm just, God knows, I know God's going to do something special in your life. And so, man, if you're new with us, come on, give it up for them that are new this morning. Man, welcome you guys to the house. I just want to say welcome home. Man, I seriously, we pray for you guys. We believe in you guys. We love you guys. And uh, I just thanks for checking out. You can be anywhere in the world today, but you're here with us. And so our second part of the series is called Bad Advice. This series is uh, definitely gives some bad advice. It gets kind of awkward for me because I'm preaching from a really weird perspective. And you say, man, man, why in the world are we doing bad advice? Somebody's scratching their head. And because so often we live in a world where the world gives us bad advice, and you look around us, and often ourselves, we live out bad advice. I know for myself, I'm going to share a little bit of my story today. I live from some bad advice sometimes, and I think when you put in the context of church and we're going to share some bad advice, you're going to look at your life and go, man, man, I have been living from a perspective that's maybe not from God. There's some habits in my life, some behaviors, maybe some attitudes in our life that are far from God. And so I believe this morning is going to be breaking some chains free that we're going to walk out of here a little different this morning, and then we're going to talk about how to become an addict. Come on, somebody. All right, one person's excited about it. It's weird to amen during bad advice, you know. It just kind of gets a little awkward in the church. And so this morning, I'm going to dive in just to this topic. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I can't wait to mess up my life. Man, I can't wait to do something dumb today. Man, I can't, I can't wait. My life is so blessed. Man, my family, my marriage is going swell. My kids are, are going well. Everything's going swell. I can't wait to do, make a dumb decision and all fall apart. Man, nobody woke up and said, I want to be an addict. Man, nobody woke up and said, man, I want to smoke some cigarettes and be addicted to nicotine. Come on, somebody. I want some tarry teeth. Nobody, all right. Man, I can't wait to get my oxygen tank. Man, there's so many things that happen from addictions. Nobody woke up and said, I can't wait to be broke because I'm addicted to gambling. Man, nobody woke up in the morning and said, I can't wait to, to marry my boo on the altar and give my heart my vows and have a sexual addiction and end with my marriage falling apart. I mean, nobody woke up and said, man, I want to be a raging alcoholic. Man, that's my dream this morning. Come on, somebody. Nobody, right? Not in the worst nightmares that anybody dreamed that that's what their life would be about. But so often, our lives turn into that. So often, all the time you see people's lives falling apart, you didn't wake up one day and go, man, I just want to be an alcoholic. How's that? How do we get there? How do we get to the place of we're addicted? And the Bible says this in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. It says this. It says, I have the right to do anything. Man, I can do whatever I want. And the freedom in Christ. Man, I have liberty for everything. But it says this. It says, but not everything is what? Not everything is beneficial. Man, you have liberty to do what you want, but everything adds value to your life. Not everything is good for you. I can do whatever I want. I have the right to do anything but this. I will not be mastered by anything. Man, I'm not going to be owned by things in the world. I love this word mastered. I mean, this word mastered means to be enslaved, to be controlled by, to be put under authority of something else. Man, this is what it looks like in our life, doesn't it? Here it is. Man, some, something, I'm, I'm going to eat some food, but you know, I shouldn't eat the 
whole thing. Come on, got that uh, pumpkin concrete from Freddy's? Come on, somebody. Some of you tell what I'm talking about, man. This is my wife's, uh, when she's pregnant, she has to have the pumpkin, at least if it's a boy, right? So, you know, and I, I added the sympathy weight with that. I finished that pumpkin concrete, right? But I know I shouldn't eat the whole thing, but... Man, I know I shouldn't buy that nice, flashy, shiny, sexy new thing, but, but I can't help it, man. I got to get some debt, man. We're enslaved to the lender. Man, I know I shouldn't look at that image on the screen, but, right? Man, I know I shouldn't watch the next episode of Parks and Rec. Come on, somebody. I know I shouldn't go there. It's only 2 a.m., but, man, I know I shouldn't play the next round of video games. Come on, somebody in the AV booth. <laughs> I know I shouldn't stay up till five in the morning playing video games, but, 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 and someday we just wake up and we're addicted. I know nobody said amen back there, so I feel like I offended somebody, but it's okay. <laughs> you know who I'm talking to. I'm just kidding. He know. Oh. <laughs> Boom, drop the mic. <laughs> Man, it's so easy to have an addiction. You don't even know you're addicted to something, right? One day you don't wake up and say, I want to be addicted. One day you wake up and go, man, how did I get here? How did I get mastered by all this stuff? around me? How do I get in this place? And I want to give you a question this morning. What has potentially mastered you? What's potentially mastered you? I mean, it's so easy to look out and say all this other stuff that people are doing, but what in your life maybe has mastered you? So I'm going to give you a list and maybe something's going to stick out. I, want to, I know I'm coming out strong this morning because I want you to think about what maybe has mastered you as you preach this message. And so I'm going to kind of give you a list of some different things that might have mastered you. Man, some of you can't wake up in the morning without having your cup of what? Coffee, right? Man, you got to have my caffeine fix. Come on, somebody. You got to have that every morning. I can't get going without my caffeine. I need it. I need it. It doesn't have to be caffeine from coffee. It could be Pepsi, right? Come on. That's, I'm preaching to myself now, right? Man, some of us, some of the people out there are dipping. Some people are smoking. Some people are smoking dope. Man, so, some people, they're vaping. I was running a life group at my house, and this guy's like coming to my life group. Man, can I, can I vape in your house? I'm like, dude, I don't want to smell like fruity pebbles in my house. Like, what in the world? Are you talking about vaping in my house? Like, oh, this is interesting. Never had this one. Can I plug my vapor in? I'm like, what in the world is wrong with people nowadays? But anyway, if you like vaping, you go for vaping. But man, it's an addiction, right? Some people are smoking dope. Some people are on social media. I mean, you got the, the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. You just got to see what everybody's going on in their lives and what's happening. You're just checking everything out around you. Maybe it's an appearance. Some people are addicted to, to working out. I don't have that addiction. Some people haven't had a carb since 2012. You know what I'm saying? They're just on the straight and narrow and they're going to live it out the rest of their lives. I mean, some people are on drugs. Not even just like the hard drug, but it's prescription drugs, which could be hard as well. But some people are on prescription drugs. You had a surgery. I mean, I had close friends of mine that got addicted to prescription drugs. I mean, they had, they had a, uh, just some kind of some treatment, and then they stayed on the drugs. They couldn't kick the habit. You know, for some people addicted to porn, maybe it's some lustful addiction. Man, the stats on this are absolutely crazy how many people are addicted to pornography. Maybe gambling. Maybe it's video games. Come on, play, play, play. Play, play, play some more. Man, shopping, come on now. This is the guys speak up, right? Shopping, got some shopaholics. You got to just keep spending and spending. Some people are addicted to tanning. I don't know what it is, man. It's like somebody's got to tell you your skin's getting a little leathery. It's looking like a suitcase. You know, just getting, getting, I feel terrible. <laughs> if that's you, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's just like, I got to quit the tanning booth, you know? And I've got some great stories of some guys in college who went tanning for the first time. I'm not going to go there, but tanning, man. Sometimes we just have addictions. I don't know, what is it? What is it in your life that's maybe mastered you today? Man, what in your life can you say, man, that, that's it. That's the thing. There's something in my life. Maybe it could be caffeine. It could be whatever. There's going to be something in your life that maybe has a little bit of control over you. If you listen or if, you, if you're honest with yourself, you'll find something. I want you to listen to the rest of this message and think through, man, what has mastered me? And in light of that, I want to talk to you a few, a few things this morning. You know, our addiction is often the symptom of a real problem. The addiction you have is not the real problem. There's something behind that. There's a void in our life. There's something in our heart that's battling. There's a war that's going on. 
There's a void. There's something that's hurt us, or maybe there's a loss, or maybe there's some kind of pain or something we're trying to avoid in our life. And instead of filling it with God, we often fill it with other things. Maybe we'll fill it with these pills, or we'll fill it with some kind of addiction or avoidance or a bottle, and we'll run farther and farther from God. The Bible calls this the simple word idolatry. There's this powerful scripture found in Isaiah, it's in chapter 44, and many scholars believe this is a poetic look at addiction. This is a story of a carpenter who goes out and he takes a neutral thing in life, like a very simple thing, like wood. And he takes this wood and he makes great things out of it. He makes a fire, he gets warmth, he cooks with it, but he also makes very bad things with it. He carves this piece of wood into idols and begins to worship them. And so for us, I believe this is so applicable to us and our culture and our day in life. It says this in Isaiah 44, he says this. He says, he cut down the cedars, or perhaps he took a cypress oak. He used it for fuel, which is good for burning. Some of it he takes and he warms himself. He kills a fire and bakes bread, which is also good. But he also does this. He fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. He prays and says, save me, you are my god. You know, so many times our addictions are just neutral things in our lives that we've carved into idols that we worship. So many times in our life, we've carved an idol into something. Maybe it's a bottle. Maybe it's something that we run to. Man, it could be the TV screen, amen? Man, it's got to unwind. I can't unwind without watching this next episode. Maybe it's social media. I mean, I, I can't tell how many times I'm talking to somebody and it's like scrolling and their face is glowing with the phone. You're like, hey, can you hear me? They're just zoned out, right? They're like not on the same planet at all. They're just so focused on this. They miss everything around us. So often we're consumed by the stuff around us. You know, I think about a, a fire. You know, you go to a campfire at a campground, you build a fire in a pit. And in that pit, it's very safe. You can cook with it. You can have light. It keeps you warm at night. It's a lot of fun. You can burn stuff in there, right? Because that's what guys do, right? We just, we're pyros. We just like to burn anything we can see. And so it's awesome. But if you take that fire outside the fire pit, what happens? It becomes very dangerous. It becomes very destructive. It can do harmful things in your life. It's the same thing for, the, for all this around us. We can take a very good thing and we can twist it and we can worship it instead of worshiping God. You know, below the surface of every addiction, we're seeking to find something that only God can provide in our life. You know, what do you do to comfort yourselves? Maybe you're in a situation where it's a lot of stress. Maybe you're in a situation where there's a lot of pressure. You're in a season of transition. There's a lot of uncertainty around you. What do you, where do you go to to comfort yourself? You know, oftentimes we find our hope, we find our joy, we find other things, not in Jesus, but in the things of the world. Oftentimes people drink to away their sorrows, or maybe we're scrolling the media, or maybe we're taking the pill, or, or maybe we're just avoiding a conversation with somebody. Maybe we're just filling our life with work and accomplishment. Maybe we're so busy for, to run from all the stuff around us. You know, for, for some of us, maybe it's got to have another, another, another trip. Maybe it's a quick trip, amen? Maybe I got to get the taquito. Man, I got to get 55 gallons of soda. You know what I'm talking about? They got those cups that are so big they don't fit in any cup holder because it's like 18 inches around. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You see some guy walking out, two of those. It's like, man, you got a problem, dude. You don't need like 80 gallons of soda right now. It's okay, you know? You can come back tomorrow. But that's me, man. I got I to stop at Quick Trip. I get my Pepsi and my Taquito. Come on. I love those Taquitos. I don't know what it is, man. There's nothing good. It's all sin right there. Just a sin in a roll. You know what I'm saying? Man, maybe you got another episode, right? Come on, another episode of Friends. No, just me. I, I started watching Friends again. I don't know why, but that show is funnier now than ever in my life. So I've been, that's my addiction. I've got, I'm preaching to myself today, okay? But man, we're looking for meaning. We're looking for escape. We're looking for God and a product instead of in a person. We're looking for God somewhere else. We're trying to fill our life with an idol, but we're not filled with the, the power and the presence of God. In other words, we, we exchange the creator for the creation. We've replaced our worship to God with worship of other stuff. You know who's the king of this? Is our spiritual enemy, Satan. I mean, Satan is the best at making us worship anything but Jesus. 
But he'll take our eyes off the prize every single day. So what I want to do, I want to kind of give you some of Satan's tactics. I'm going to give you some bad advice of how Satan lures us into being an addict. Are you guys ready for some bad advice today? Mm. <laughs> if you, this is, it's, it's, it's bad advice, and it's going to get bad. So we're just going to jump into this bad advice. This is from Satan's perspective. Man, if your life is too blessed... Man, if you're doing too much and you're having too much fun with Jesus, man, you're under the protection and the power and the presence of God in your life. It's just too, going too good. If you want to mess it up today, man, if you want to become an addict, I'm going to give you four simple steps of how to become an addict today. The first thing is this. The very first thing is don't ever admit you have a problem. Man, if you recognize there's sin in your life, man, if there's something that's going on that may be an addiction, there's something you know isn't right, just deny it. Come on, somebody, preach amen, right? No, amen. Just, just deny it. Just pretend like it's not a problem. I know you're addicted to that, but hey, not an issue. Man, it says in Jeremiah 3.13, it says, only acknowledge your guilt. Man, admit you rebelled against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him by worshiping idols. Man, don't ever do that. Don't ever take personal responsibility for, for, for your sin or for something you did wrong. Man, it's just you, man. You're, you're not, you're, it's okay to do that. If you want to be an addict, just tell yourself you can quit anytime. Come on, somebody. You can quit anytime. I know you've been doing it for years and years, and you're bound that struggle, and you know, it's okay. Because you, you're going to be stronger than that someday. You can quit anytime. Just, just keep doing it. Okay, this is bad advice. It's not going well. Man, don't slow down. You can quit anytime. Man, if anyone tells you you have a problem, somebody's close to you, maybe it's a friend or a family member, maybe there's somebody that you work with, a coworker, maybe somebody really loves you. Man, if they're telling you you've got a problem in your life, Dude, don't listen to them. Shut them down. Get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. Don't be a part of anything they have to say, man. You want somebody that's exactly for you. Man, make some excuses. Man, you're the victim, right? Like, I couldn't help what I walked into. Like, this is life is just so stressful. I'm powerless to change. No, you've done so much already. You should indulge yourself. I mean, you've given so much to God. I mean, you serve the church so well. I mean, you've been faithful to your family so long. Man, it's not a big deal. You're not hurting anybody. You can do what you want. Man, don't ever admit you have a problem. Man, second thing that you should do if you want to be an addict is this. Gratify your fleshly desires. It says in Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Man, what happens when you walk by the Spirit? Man, this is bad news right here. Bad news, you walk by the Spirit. Man, you're not to gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They're in the conflict with each other so that you are not to be, do whatever you want. Man, don't listen to the Spirit of God in your life. I mean, if God's telling you to walk a certain direction, no, dude, go do the opposite. You don't want to be close to Jesus. You want to do whatever you want when you want to. And so if you feel like eating something, come on, pumpkin concrete, just eat it. You want to watch something, watch something. You want to touch something, touch something. You want to go somewhere, this, this is bad advice. If somebody's recording this, this is bad advice. Do not take this advice. But man, if you're, act like a spoiled two-year-old. If, if worse that happens, act like uh, my boy is two years old and you get the Walmart checkout line and you have that meltdown because you want the candy bar, come on somebody, right? And he's screaming his head off and you're so embarrassed you just want to choke them out but you can't because you don't want to go to prison and so you just kind of avoid everything and just walk out the store without any of your groceries come on you can do it we have it inside of us we can go back to immaturity like come on it's mine you've been there right like you're so embarrassed for yourself because your kids acting like a like a sinful child and you okay you know what i'm talking about right we can go back there. We can go back to being spoiled. Man, make sure you have access to whatever you want as easy as possible. If you're addicted to pornography, man, don't put any uh, safeguards on your phone. Don't have any accountability. Man, move that computer into your room. Just get as close as possible to sin. Man, if you're addicted to drugs, man, hang out with the wrong friends. <laughs> I can't believe you're giving this advice. Hang out with the wrong friends. 
get, get around the wrong people. Man, carry as much loose cash as possible, you know what I'm saying? So you can get a hold of what you need. Man, if you're eating junk food, man, put it right next to your bed. Get that donuts from those big daddy donuts from the teardown crew and put it right next to your bed and put it on your nightstand so you have it whenever you want. And you get some extra candy, you can put it in your ice cream, you know what I'm saying? Just mix as much junk food as possible into your life. And I've got 10 gallons of ice cream in my deep freeze right now. <laughs> And it's terrible because last Sunday we had so much left over. So I tell my deep freeze. So I'm not an addict, but I'm preaching to myself this morning because I've got a lot of ice cream and deep freeze. But before being an addict, man, you keep a sin chest. I had a buddy in high school who's a Christian. That's why he called it a sin chest because that's what Christians do apparently. And so he kept a sin chest next to his bed in his room. I'm like, okay, you, you obviously have a problem, right? Like I'm not going to hang out with you as much. But, but be an addict, man. Never admit you have a problem. Gratify your flesh desires. Man, keep your addiction a secret. Man, don't tell anybody that you're addicted. Man, Proverbs 28, 13 says this, whoever does what? Man, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. Man, if you hide your sin, you will not be blessed. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Man, you don't want blessings in your life. You don't want the mercies of God. Like, hide your sin from people. Hide your addiction. You know, sin grows best in the dark. Man, just keep it in the dark. Don't bring the lie to Jesus. Man, don't tell anybody that's a Christian because it gets kind of annoying, man. They start praying for you. Come on, that's terrible. They might lift you up. They might keep you accountable. They might invite you to church. They might want something better for your life. Man, you don't need a support group. You don't need to go to rehab. You don't need counseling. Man, those guys don't know what they're talking about. You never want to go to that. Man, if you want to keep your addiction up, you know what? Don't tell anybody because they might actually help you set free from your addiction. You don't want that. Man, you won't be addicted forever. Man, if you just walked in, this is bad advice. Come on. Is this bad advice or what? I feel terrible even saying this this way. It's just like so uncomfortable. And so I'm just going to end right there. There's a fourth point. You can read it if you want to. So I can't, I can't go on anymore with this bad advice. Because this morning I believe something. I believe God wants to set you free from some bad advice. I mean, if you look at it that way, so often we are doing things in our life that are far from Jesus. I mean, so often we are stuck in a cycle of habitual sin because we're li living a lie that Satan has for us. And today I believe Jesus wants to set some people free this morning. Man, there's some powerful scripture I want to share with you in God's word. And Paul writes a scripture to the church of Corinth. And this church is backslidden. This church is wrapped up in adultery. It's wrapped up in sin. It's full of addictions. And Jesus, or Jesus, Paul writes this and he sets this church free with some scripture. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 10. We've talked about this a few times. He says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. Man, if you're a Jesus follower, there's something in your life that's supernatural. There's something stronger than the sin that's holding your life. Man, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, man, our weapons have divine power to tear down and demolish strongholds. That you have the divine power of God in your life to destroy the chains of sin in your life. Whatever has mastered you has already been nailed to the cross. There's a divine power. This word power is the word dunamis. This word dunamis means dynamite in the English. That means you have an explosive, miraculous power of Jesus in your life to change the addiction you're stuck in today. I mean, you're not defeated, amen? That you can be set free by the power of Christ. There's so many things in your life that can tear us down, but the power of God builds us up. You know, as a Jesus follower, the weapons we fight with aren't the weapons of this world. You have the armor of God. You have the helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness. Come on, you got the sword of the spirit, right? You can fight off the attacks of the devil with the word of God. You got the belt of truth. You got the gospel of peace on your shoes that you wear. Man, you can pray and have full access to the throne of God and the power of God will prevail in your life. Come on, let's get aside. Somebody's got to get aside, man. My, my preaching's got to be a little better than this. I know it's got to get somewhere today. And we gave you some bad advice. It's like, ooh, bad advice. But God's power is the one that sets you free, not yours. Now I'm going to give you some encouragement. You don't have to break the chains that enslave you. 
You know, so often you feel like you got to this place, and so you've got to get out of this place, but Jesus wants to do the work on the cross today. So I want to go back through the bad advice, and I want to preach it from the perspective I believe God is going to use this morning to set you free from sin. You know, the first thing that, G- that Satan would tell you, he would tell you, don't admit that you have a problem. But instead, I believe the very first thing that helps you break free from the power of sin is to admit you have a problem. Man, I've got a problem. Man, I'm hurting. I'm not good inside. Man, there's something that's bothering me. There's something that doesn't sit well with me. And there's a great verse in the Bible, and I think it's so powerful this morning, but it's found in Matthew 5, 4. It says this. It says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. You know, I believe our addiction is really just our way of trying to comfort ourselves. Our addiction is just our way of trying to fill something else in our life that only God can fill. You know, I went through a season of my life where I was going through transition with a job. I had a, a, a daughter getting married and a boy about to be born. And I didn't realize at the time, but I literally put on 35 to 40 pounds within six months. I didn't know, I didn't even think about it. I was like, this is sympathy weight for my wife. You know what I'm saying? She was pregnant and all that. But you know what? It was all the stress. Like I was just carrying this giant burden. And so I eventually, I went to counseling. I met, I met with a guy and he said, man, how you feeling? I'm like, I'm doing good. That's what we all say, right? I was doing good. He's like, you're really doing good? How are you feeling? I was like, I'm a little mad. He goes, you're mad. He goes, anger is a secondary emotion. I'm like, speak English, friend. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. He's like, dude, there's something in your life that's causing you to be angry. That means there's some kind of loss. Maybe you lost your reputation. Maybe you lost a friendship. Maybe, maybe you lost a dream. Maybe you lost a vision. Maybe, maybe you lost a relationship. There's something in your life that's causing you to be upset. And he, he said, he said, you gotta learn how to deal with it. You gotta learn how to mourn. I began to think about that in, in this verse, that blessed are those who mourn. I mean, happy are the people that mourn. Ha- you know, we've we got to learn how to mourn, amen? We've got, we got to learn how to mourn because if we're going to get comforted, we've got to be able to acknowledge the fact that we're going to be vulnerable. Like, I've got to be able to say, it's okay that I'm not okay, amen? It's okay that I'm not perfect. Can we amen that? It's okay that I don't have it all together. It's okay that I'm struggling. It's, it's okay that there's, there's some stuff in my life that I'm mad about. It, it's okay that, that I'm disappointed. And I had to look at myself and say, man, I just not feeling good. I just feel like I've been taken advantage of. I just feel like I've been hurt. I feel like I've been left down. I've been left down by people. And I've been to share that with people in my life, spiritual leaders, one of which is overseer of this church named Lance Harrington. This guy, man, just talking to him and just challenging my soul. And I began to really experience the peace of God. I began to talk to my wife and say, man, I'm really struggling with this. And she's praying for me and she's caring for me and she's walking me through the season. You know what I found at the end of that road? I found the blessing of God. I was comforted by God. That God's presence was there for me. That God's power was in my life. That I realized one big thing that wasn't my weight to carry. That all the stress I was carrying, all the things I was doing, all the things I was trying to fill my life with besides God was not my weight to carry. That the issues around me weren't my issues. That Jesus had a plan. And so I realized that it's not mine. The Bible says this, that the Bible says your yoke is easy and your burden is light, amen? that Jesus isn't gonna dump all this stuff on you. It's just his power that holds it. So I'm here today to tell you something. The power of God in your life is stronger than any lie that Satan has told you. The power of God in your life is stronger than any lie that Satan has told you. I'm gonna say it again. The power of God in your life is stronger than any lie that Satan has told you this morning. You know, so often we're living in the lies of Satan this morning. I believe the power of life can shine through this morning. You know, Satan said this. He said, gratify your fleshly desires. Man, if you choose the spirit of God, by the power, the divine power of Christ, you choose to follow Jesus, man, I'm gonna encourage you that you can say yes to Jesus. You need to say yes to God before he even calls you out of your sin. We need to take a blank piece of paper and just sign your name at the bottom and just say, hey Jesus, whatever you want me to do with my life, wherever you call me, whatever it looks like, 
whatever season I'm in, and I know it's not my favorite season, and this isn't the season I would have dreamed for my life, but God, I know you're using it, so teach me what you have, God. Just write down what you want for me on this paper. I've already signed yes to it. God, I'm gonna follow your spirit. God, I wanna follow you where you want me to go. I'm not gonna follow my fleshly desires. Sometimes we gotta say, I'm not gonna tolerate my addiction anymore. I'm not gonna tolerate the pumpkin concrete. I'm not gonna tolerate what I watch on TV. I'm not gonna tolerate what I smoke. I'm not gonna tolerate what I talk about. I'm not gonna tolerate my habits. I'm not gonna tolerate what I do in secret anymore. I'm gonna change my life. The power of God is stronger than any lie that Satan has ever told you. You know, Satan's gonna say, keep it a secret. And the Bible says, whoever conceals their sin doesn't prosper. There's an amazing passage of scripture where David preaches or, or is talking to God and says, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Man, David came to God and said, what is inside of me that's a secret? God, I want to be healed. I want to be blessed. I want to prosper. I want to be whole this morning. I mean, we're only as healthy as our secrets. And we want to reveal ourselves to God. And so God wants to search you. So you got to come before him and say, God, I don't want to have secrets. God, I want to be transparent with you. God, I want to be the perfect image of you. I want my family to be changed because I want to walk with you. I want my life to be different. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be stuck in this addiction for another day. I don't want to be chained down to this thing in my life. I don't want to be put under submission but anything but the cross of Christ. I believe the power of God is stronger than any lie that Satan has ever told you. Now, I believe there's a powerful image in the Old Testament, there's a powerful story of overcoming that I believe is applicable this morning. It's the story of David and Goliath. You got this little teenage boy. He goes out and he's working with the sheep and you got this giant Goliath, head and shoulders above the rest. The armies of Israel look at him going, man, there's no way that anybody can take this just giant down. And David, who is not a skilled warrior, He's not trained in any kind of military, any training at all. He shows up to bring food to his brothers on the battlefield. He sees Goliath off in the valley in the distance, mocking God. And he says this very thing. He says, who are you to come against the armies of the living God? It's almost like he looks at God and says, I think we can take him. I think we can take this giant down today. Man, I love this because here's David looking at at Goliath saying, what do you have that my God can't provide? What, what What do you have that my God can't do? Who are you that you think you can come against God? What addiction are you struggling with that you think can overcome the power of God? What thing in your life is so big that you have to surrender to it? What thing in your life is so big that it it pales all the armies and they think it can't be taken down? What thing has mastered your life today? You gotta give that thing a name. You gotta call it what it is. You gotta call it sin. You gotta call it something that Jesus calls it, defeated, overcome, arrested. Come on, we just sang a song about that. That thing's already sentenced to death. Jesus put it where it needed to go. And so David sees Goliath and he says, hey, you know what? I don't think you have what my God has. I just need a little bit of faith. Even everybody's telling me this can't be defeated. This giant is too big to fall. I look at God and I say, you know what? This giant is too big to miss. Just give me that stone. Just give me that thing because this giant is coming down today, amen? I believe for some of you, there's a giant in your life that's gonna fall. I believe there's something in your life that you have in secret. There's something that only you know about. And I believe today you're gonna to have the power of God, the divine, massive, miraculous, explosive power of God in your life to defeat the lie that Satan has told you, that you are an addict, that you are submissive to this thing in your life. Man, the, the, the Goliath must fall today. The giant is coming down in your life. Man, I love what it says in Galatians 5.1. It says this, it's for what? Come on, somebody tell me what does it say? It's for what? It's for freedom. It's for freedom. Come on, somebody. It's for freedom that Christ set you free. See, Jesus stole the keys. We talk about death being arrested, how he went down to the pit of hell and he stole the keys from Satan of all the locked cells. He led captivity captive and he rose from the dead and he set us free on that cross. And this morning we get to worship him. 
and follow him, but he has set us free. Why? So we can live free, amen? We don't have to live defeated. We don't have to live a life under submission to anything else. We have liberty in Christ, but guess what's not beneficial? I believe as we learn to mourn as the church, as you learn to say, you know what? I don't have it all together. Man, I'm hurting. If we go to God like that, you know what it says? It says, you will be comforted. I know we need some comfort in the church this morning, amen? There's so many of us that are struggling. There's some of us that are making it through day by day and we're struggling with an addiction. Now you might think it's not that big a deal to be addicted to caffeine or addicted to spending, all this different stuff. But Jesus says there's nothing that owns you, that you're set free by the power of Christ. You are set free by Jesus for freedom. That we're supposed to live free. I mean, if it's anything the world should see and they see the church is free people, amen? They shouldn't see us being addicted to this stuff. They shouldn't be, see us being just downtrodden. They shouldn't see us being held back by, by the sins of the past. I mean, they should see the grace of God because God, Jesus took everything on that cross for us. Jesus stole the keys. Jesus rose victorious so we can live a life that's free. I believe that we can be overcomers, that we are overcomers, that we're victorious in the cross today. I believe your giant is gonna fall this morning, amen? Just a few people, I like it. Your giant is gonna fall this morning. Man, do you believe it? Can you mourn like the church? Man, I had to learn how to mourn. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a family that mourned, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's like, man, you, you guys really mourn well. But I had to learn to say, God, I don't have it all together. I think I did. But I, mean, I just got to follow you. I believe the Spirit of God wants to do work in your heart that only you can do. That God wants to speak to you and he wants to teach you how to be an overcomer through his power and his strength and his desire for you. And you can walk out of here with your head high knowing that you are going to take the, the, uh, the giant down in your life. I mean, Father, we pray, God, that your spirit would come to this place. God, you set us free from addiction. God, I know we gave some bad news this morning, but God, I pray that the good news of the gospel, God, that we have power over sin, God, would reign in our lives. God, I pray that your spirit breaks the chains of addictions this morning. God, I pray you'd search us and reveal any secrets in our hearts and set us free today. As we continue to pray, there's nobody looking around. I mean, there are those you would say, man, I've been in a habit in my life that's been holding me back. I mean, it's been holding me far from God, but God's grace today, I want the giant to come down. I believe my God wants me to be set free today. Man, if that's your prayer, you'll be set free today. If anybody looking around, you raise your hand high. So I'll be set free today from addiction, set free from the power of sin. I see your hands across the room. I see your hands up. Just pray this. Just pray this. May I confess your sin to you, Jesus. May there's things I put in front of you. Man, I've worshiped things that I've made in my own hands. I've taken the creation and made it the creator. Ask for your help, God, that you would come into my life, God, that you would give me the power over fear. God, I pray that I wouldn't tolerate my fleshly desires. God, I pray that you'd tear down the strongholds of my life. God, I pray across this room that we experience miraculous freedom. God, that for those who are struggling, God, that wouldn't, wouldn't be afraid to maybe go to counseling or to go to rehab or to ask a friend for help group or go to a spiritual leader and say, I need some help this morning. I don't have it all together. And for those of us who are struggling this morning, I pray that we would find freedom today in your cross. God, help us to mourn and comfort us as you do. Man, as we keep praying across this room today, there are many of you who begin to realize that you're strained in sin. Man, you may feel lost, you may feel stuck. Today you realize, man, you need a savior, Jesus. You know, if there's one good thing about sin is that it reveals our need for a savior. Man, I've got good news for you this morning. You see, God sent his son, Jesus, no matter what you've done, no matter what addiction, no matter how far you feel from God, he wants a relationship with you. When you call on Jesus, he'll hear your prayer and forgive your sins right in this moment and make you brand new today. Jesus loves you. God is waiting on you. On that cross, when you were dead in sin, Jesus took your wrong and exchanged it for all his right. 
Now we're set free and made alive to him. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and completely changed. You're not here today on accident. God has brought you here. Why? Because he wants to set you free today. There are those of you who need to say yes to Jesus and be set free from the power of sin. So across this room, you'd say, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need his grace in my life. I want Jesus today, man. Would you raise your hands high across this room and say, I need Jesus today. We say, I need Jesus. I'm gonna be set free from the power of sin. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I just ask you to set me free from sin. God, I've done it my own way. God, this world has had its seas in my life and I'm done with that. God, I confess my sin to you. God, I need you in my life. God, I'm mourning to you. God, I can't do this on my own. It's not my own power that changes it. But God, you died on the cross for me. God, you love me enough to send your son Jesus, the greatest act of love in all eternity. And so God, you can have my life. I'm signed a blank contract. You can take my life. You can do what I want with it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Who wants to be